Today's episode is all about live auctions. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. We are live today on YouTube. Hopefully, there's some people in the chat that will be asking some questions. I am super excited about today's show because we're going to talk about something that I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> uh, I am really pleased to welcome uh, Kelly Reseller Luis to the show. Hey, how you doing, Ryan? Thank you, thank you for having me on today. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of a, a busy day. Uh, oh, we yeah, were just talking that. offline about how people think we just sit around and don't do anything because we work from yeah. home, but I, we know how busy we are. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, that's just, uh, it, it's weird because uh, even when I take my kids to school and I pick them up, people ask me, like, do you work or are you just a stay-at-home dad? I'm like, no, I work from home. Right. You know? Then when they start asking, get curious, oh, what do you do? Do you are you working from your computer all day? I'm like, yeah, you could say that. Kinda. And I tell them I'm a reseller, and then the, once they hear the word reseller, they get that blank look in their face. Like, right. Okay. You know, that's not like saying that's not really a job, but yeah, I was talking to a, a former manager of mine in the car business a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him, you know, I'm reselling and this and that. He's like, oh, so you're kind of like semi retired, and I'm like, no, I'm actually working a lot harder now than I ever did for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to pull you up on the main screen here and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and that kind of stuff and where people can find you on the internet. Sounds good. All right, guys. Hello. Welcome in, guys. If you guys don't know who I am, I'm Kelly Reseller Luis. I've been reselling since I've been eight years old. Uh, my father is the one that actually got me into the reselling from when I was a kid. So, you know, fast forward to now, uh, I, I do sell online on, on eBay, Macari, OfferUp. And from time to time, I do some sales on TikTok as well. So, um, and I also do live auctions every Tuesday night on YouTube. I know a lot of people are surprised when they hear live auctions on YouTube. Is that like a thing? And then they come check me out and they're like, wow, they're just blown away. But yeah, guys, I'm a full-time reseller. Uh, I do it. I've been doing it for many years. I did it part-time couple years back when I did have a regular uh, nine to five job. And uh, after that, I just went in full time. So this is what I'm doing full time. That's awesome. What were you doing? What was your quote unquote real job before you shifted into this full time? I, I was actually working uh, for FCA Fiat Chrysler Automotive. Okay. I was working at their distribution uh, warehouse here in, in my city in Ontario, California. And the whole thing with the recession happened a couple years ago and they started cutting people, you know, started laying off people and I was there for about 15 years and uh, they started cutting people. And then they, that day came when they told me, hey, Luis, you know, I'm sorry they have to do this, but right. we're going to have to let you go. Oh, geez. So, and so that was what prompted you to like focus your full attention then on reselling? Yeah, because I was doing it part time then. But uh, at the time uh, when I was doing my full time job, we were paying daycare for my two kids. And uh, that was uh, costing a little over a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, Daycare when is insane. Once that, that happened, my wife saw it as a blessing in disguise because she said, well, you've been doing good with the reselling part-time. Why don't you just do it full-time? Like that, you could take care of the kids and take them to school and pick them up. And we're saving that, you know, $1,100 to $100 that we're paying for child daycare. So right. it, it ended up working perfectly. 
Yeah, that, that's a huge boost to save yeah. that money on the front end of it so that, you know, yeah. the reselling only has to make up that much more ground for it to be successful. Exactly. So you were doing, I assume, eBay and OfferUp and those kind of places. Where did the the notion of the live auction piece come in? I actually uh, got into the whole live auction thing, uh, I'm going to say about three years ago. Um, a buddy of mine, he's another uh, reseller, uh, Global Voodoo. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but uh, he's been like one of the pioneers of uh, reselling on, you know, showing the journeys on YouTube and stuff. And uh, He's a friend of mine, and uh, he was doing live auctions. And one day he goes, hey, come check me out on YouTube. I'm going to have an auction. And at first, they didn't really click. Right. I was like, a live auction on YouTube? And he goes, dude, just come check me out, and you'll get a better idea. So I went that first day to his auction, and boom, I was blown away. I was like, wow, you know, this is crazy. This is an actual, an actual thing where he took me under his wing, and he taught me the ins and outs of doing the live auctions. I, was, I did them with him for a few months, and then after that, he just said, okay, you're ready to go. Start doing right. them on your channel. You nice. Know? And I created my YouTube channel, and we never looked back. Yeah. Now, when you, at, when you started doing the live auctions on your own channel, how many subscribers did you have, and how did you get people to know that there was an auction and you know be able to participate because i know like when i set up to do a live sometimes i'm lucky if i get five or six people here and i how did you arrange that when doing an auction well when i started doing auctions on my own i i i will get i wouldn't get any more than 10 people yeah i mean i think 10 was like the max uh, and after that it would just float between five or seven people that's when i really started so a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're doing these big auctions. You've been getting all these people. But, yeah, but I did a lot of the footwork in the beginning to get to where I'm at now. And uh, one of the ways I did it was by putting myself out there. And I always tell people, you need to brand your business. You know, you got to see that, that see yourself as a business, right. not just as me, Luis, you know. That's why I always brand myself. And as I'm wearing my hat with my logo right. on there. It's one of the things that's always important to brand yourself and see, there you go. You know, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about and let people know what you do and then put yourself out there, you know, especially on social media, you promote yourself that you're doing auctions or just like you with your, with your podcast. So people start knowing, okay, this is what's going to happen. And slowly by, by surely I started growing little by little. And uh, actually today marks my third my three years doing live auctions on youtube nice now how many people do you normally get now that show up uh on a on a good night i could get up to 60 between 60 and 80 people nice on a good night on a slow night i could get anywhere between 30 to 45 maybe yeah so now do you normally do them by yourself or do you have someone else like i i watched one the other day or there was you and another fella that were kind of going back and forth is that normally what you do or is it kind of a mix i mean in the beginning when i started i did them on my own and then i thought okay you know that'll be uh, more fun to bring someone else in to kind of you know balance the show a little bit more it brings two different personalities and especially if you click it just makes it even better right so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've brought in a lot of people that now do auctions on their own as well when I, when I was doing them by myself. And uh, that's one thing I've always done. I've always brought in people, give them an opportunity to learn how to do live auctions. And then they pretty much, you see them go and do their own things. So. Right. I want to 
jump in the chat here real quick and say hi to some folks. Jeff Doris, who I talked to a couple of weeks ago on the show. Uh, flipping sports guy. Hey, boys. Looking good, Luis. He didn't say anything about me, I noticed, but we'll, we'll let that go. <laughs> What's up, Paul? <laughs> uh, Brandy, my reseller treasure. Hello. Thanks for stopping by. JRKR1964. Good to see you again. Hello, Jen. Mom Knows Treasures, MKT. Hello. Hi, Yvonne. How you doing? Welcome in. And Sissy Moore, hello. Thanks for coming out. Hello, Sissy Moore. So when you started doing auctions, how, how do you determine what kind of products that you're going to do at the auction? Is it the same stuff that you're currently trying to sell on other platforms? Or do you, when you source, are you looking for particular things like this would be really great for an auction and that sort of thing? Like me with, with sourcing stuff, I source, you know, pretty much what I know a lot of t-shirts, concert shirts, vintage shirts, toys. I mean, anything. I mean, I've been doing this for a very long time, so I kind of know what to look for. Most of the stuff that I do source and I do have in my totes, I'll pull out of my totes to bring to auction. And most of the time, stuff that I barely acquire, I'll bring it to auction first. So okay. the people in the auction actually get first dibs of all the stuff I just got or I'm sourcing. So Nice. Is there anything that if you were talking to someone new who was thinking about wanting to get into auctions, is there particular product categories that you've seen that do well? Obviously you have your niche, but as you watch like others, are there particular things that you would tell people maybe to look for? I mean, uh, everyone brings a little bit, a little bit of different stuff to the table when it comes to auctions. Me, like I said, I like to mix it up every week in my auctions. And then that's the fun part about the, my auctions that, I don't do preview videos. I don't do none of that stuff because I always switch it up every week. So people always asking like, oh man, what is Luis going to bring this week? Because right. every week it's like a different bomb, you know? Right. So. Well, and that's a great way to keep people coming back when they don't have any yeah. idea what the next show is going to look like, where, you yeah. know, if you give them a tease ahead of time and they're like, ah, oh, that's not my bag and exactly. they, they don't show up. So that's a, that's a really good strategy. <laughs> no, for sure. So how did... Walk me through the mechanics of, okay. I, I get on YouTube and I want to do an auction. What What's kind of the requirements for the back end? How do people pay? How do you determine who a winner is? Just kind of walk us through what that what that process looks like. Yeah, I mean, on YouTube, of course, uh, you have to have uh, at least 100 subscribers before you can actually go live on your YouTube channel. So that'll be the first uh, step is to kind of work up your subscriber base and get to that 100 subscriber and of course, uh, use a, the next, the second step is to get a, a streaming service like StreamYard. I mean, I've used StreamYard as well to be able to bring in a guest, you know, and they'll sure. be give you that option to bring in a guest and do all that good stuff. And uh, so that'll be my second thing. The third thing is once you get on there, of course, you're going to need inventory. Uh, like I said, if you're barely going to start, don't overwhelm yourself and think you have to bring 50 lots to start, you know, because right. that's just going to burn you out and it's just going to discourage you because you're going to be like, Oh man, you know, this, nothing, nothing sold or I just sold three things. But how much stuff do you normally bring if you're going to do a show and it's, you're planning for how long do they go an hour or two hours? My shows could range anywhere. They always go around three hours. Sometimes they could go up to four and a half hours, depending on, on how, you know, everything, how the feeling in the chat is. And if people still want to see more then we, I keep showing them more. And if my guest wants to stay on longer, then they stay on and show a little bit more. So, yeah, but usually on lots, I'll, I'll try to have at least 20 lots available. 
And if anything, if it doesn't go any longer than that, I, what I've been doing now, I've been bringing in a, a rack of, of T-shirts that I'll put right behind me. So I'll just start pulling shirts and just start bundling them, do bundle lots of shirts. Yeah. Is that now on a bundle, would that be some stuff that maybe you had tried to sell previously that didn't move? Or how do you how do you decide what you're going to bundle? stuff that I have in my racks that I've been bringing out is stuff that I've been acquiring. So when I get them, I just hang them up. Boom, boom, put them in the racks. So like that, when auction time comes, I just roll the rack in. And uh, another thing, too, sometimes I get family members or other friends that come in and they know that I have a lot of vintage shirts or, or shirts or they just want to shop in my racks. And I let them into my my little room in the, in the house and, you know, they'll shop and they'll get a couple of shirts and they'll be like, hey, man, this is a lot easier than going to the mall because you have a little bit of everything. So. Right. And then... As you go through the auction, what's the process for people to to make a bid? How do they make payment to you? How does that process work? Yeah, on the items, then uh, what I usually do, I'll start a, a bid on it. Like, the, just for example, it could be a vintage uh, kiss shirt from the 90s. You know, I know what it's worth, but I like to bring good stuff to people to be able to bid on. and And if they get a good deal on it, that's even better because now they're going to be able to make some money on that product. Right. So if I say, okay, we're going to start 25 on this uh, vintage kiss shirt, you know, then the bids start coming in where someone throws in a bid at 25 and then we do it in increments of $2 up to 50. And once we get to $50, the increments go up to $5. And uh, once it gets to a hundred increments go up to $10 and above and that, what th- that does for us is, it helps us move the auction along more smoother and more uh, quickly so we could get to see who's going to continue bidding and, and who's going to pretty much say, okay, I'm out. Right. And uh, help us sell that lot and then, uh, you know, get ready to show the next lot. Yeah. So w- what do you think your mix is of resellers that are at your auctions versus, like, end consumers? There's a mixture of resellers, of course. And, of course, you get some of the people that actually buy you know, for personal or, or people that sometimes when you get the collectibles that I bring, people like to collect stuff. So they'll buy stuff for their collections. But I mean, a lot of new resellers do come in, which I always welcome everybody to come in to sure. auctions, uh, whether it's personal or for resale. I always gave the deals to everyone across the board and I don't treat one person different than the other one. I treat everybody the same. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they, it goes to whatever, $7,500 $100 and the bids close and someone is the winner. What's what's their next step? Yeah, well, that's the next step. Uh, it's either send payment through PayPal. So what I do, I do I do direct payment. So has once this lot so, sells and I say I have another lot to show, then once I'm done showing my two lots and then my guests, it's my guest turn uh, to show their lots, then I'll do uh, payment checks on PayPal to make sure that the payments were received. And then I'll let them know during during the chat, you know, thank you. You know, I'll say thank you, Jose, for your payment. You know, right. They know that I received it. Yeah. Now, do you just do that with a link in the video description or do you have like a QR code on the screen or what? How yeah, do you well, handle actually, it? I actually have a moderator that, that mods okay. my auctions. Uh, that's one thing that uh, once you start getting a lot of people into an auction, and it's uh, it's always good to have a moderator pretty much uh, puts all that information in the chat for you. So it doesn't distract me from doing what I'm doing, showing product and, uh, right. you know, talking to the people. So uh, uh, my mod's been great. And uh, he's, he helps me out a lot. Uh, shout out to Mac, uh, by the way. Uh, thank you for uh, always doing an awesome job. 
and yeah, it makes it a lot easier. He puts my uh, what lot sold for how much, uh, my PayPal email information, and uh, he takes care of all that for me. Awesome. Now, is that is, is that a family member or a friend? Or are they doing it out of the goodness of their heart, or do you give them a little something? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, we we do take care of our mods uh, for all their hard work, and uh, we do I do compensate uh, Mac for uh, his his work, of course. And uh, you know, it's always good to have a good working relationship with somebody and do the things the right way. Right. Because like that, you know, they feel like they're being appreciated for their hard work. So when it comes back to, you know, doing another Tuesday, he's going to be like, yeah, you know, Luis is going to take care of me. We're good. Let's go, you know. Right. Is he a seller also? I'm not sure if he's a seller. I know he's a collector. He's a coin collector. So okay. I'm not sure if he's a seller, though. Is that something that you sell at auction? Coins? Uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring coins from time to time. I do bring a variety of stuff where I'll bring jewelry also and silver. So, yeah, it's always a little bit of different stuff that comes in into the auction on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Is there anything you would not do at auction? Well, one thing I, I, I try not to sell, I try not to sell anything that could be offensive to anybody or it's just too graphical. Sure. And, uh, you know, just out of respect for everyone in the chat. And, uh, and if I do uh, see that maybe there might be someone that has a, a minor, in the, you know, with them watching, then I try to keep it, you know, PG. Right. If someone mentions it, oh, there's a kid watching, then, you know, we kind of keep it more under, you know, PG. Sure. Uh, for the, of course. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, you know, we just uh, do do it uh, what we do. We, we do just have fun. And it's just a fun atmosphere because we get to sell stuff. We interact with people in the chat. And, you know, you acknowledge everyone in the chat, you know, and I always appreciate everyone that comes in and, and supports me every uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. Do you think you have people that come in and, watch and just join in the chat that are not that are not buyers that just come to see the activity yeah i invite people to come in i always tell people you guys could come in you guys are not obligated to buy or bid anything if you guys just want to come and hang out and interact with everyone in the chat you know feel free to and uh, there's a lot of people that do come in and uh, you know hang out in the chat and they just have a good time and i mean the chat will have their own party going on at right. the same time as we're auctioning so and as we're auctioning, you know, everyone's just having a good time. And it just, you know, it makes it a, a fun atmosphere to have because they don't feel pressure that, okay, I'm here at this auction and I have to bid, you know? Right. I don't, I don't, that's not a requirement of mine. Mine, anybody could come in and just watch and yeah. have a good time. I think there's a lot of viewers on YouTube of the reselling market that are not resellers, they're not active in it. They just find it fascinating that... Mm -hmm there are people like us making a living doing this kind of thing. And I, yeah. I don't, like we said offline, I'm not sure a lot of people really understand the amount of work and the amount of effort and, mm. you know, treating it like a business, not as yep. a hobby. And, you know, like exactly. you said, with the marketing and all that kind of stuff. So what's, uh, what kind of percentage of your business overall, do you think the auctions are versus your standard eBay, Mercari, whatnot? For me, like I said, I do the only I only do auctions on one night only. It's just Tuesday nights. I know there's a lot of other resellers that do auctions on a daily basis. I don't do that because, like I said, the live auctions is not my only source of income. Right. You know, I do the live auctions on Tuesday night. I do sell, you know, on eBay, Macari, offer up, uh, you know, wherever I could sell. And, you know, I occasionally do sales on TikTok. People always laugh and say, wow, how do you do that? You know, 
you just got to know how to interact with people. And just like I said, put yourself out there. Don't be right. afraid to let people know what you're doing. Because sometimes people are just either intimidated or afraid to let people know what they do because they think they're going to be judged. But Well, and, and we probably are, but you can't let that stop yeah. you from, you know, doing what you do to make a living. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah, because the bills don't wait for nobody. Right. Know? So how do you, what's the process like on TikTok? I'm not TikTok. a TikTok guy. I, I have a friend of mine who sends me TikToks like two or three times a day and I watch them, but I'm not, I don't go there. I don't, I, it's, it's not my thing. So help me out with that. Yeah, no, on TikTok, I usually I'll post like little uh, clips of when I'm at the thrift stores and I'll find, you know, sweaters or vintage stuff. I mean, I had found this Looney Tunes uh, vintage uh, button shirt from Warner Brothers and I had posted it and a lady reached out to me right away on a message on you know, on TikTok, she goes, hey, I want that for my son. She goes, I know how much you paid for it because it showed. She goes, I'll offer you $35 for it, you know? Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to just uh, send me your, you know, I told her I sent her my PayPal information. And I'm going to make sure you send me your correct address and I'll ship it out to you. And within a few minutes, I got the, the alert that, you know, I received her money on PayPal. I shipped it out to her that same day because it was, it was in the morning. And within two days, she messaged me and she says, my grandson loves it. Nice. Know? Nice. So, so yeah, you don't, putting, you didn't stuff out there. necessarily post it nope. as a sale per se, but just as a cool find, hoping that someone would stumble on it and maybe say, Hey, I'd like to buy that. So it's a little different idea than the, the auctions. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not posting it up there as a for sale. I like to show uh, when I do find stuff or sometimes you like to show like, Oh man, look at this coffee mug. It's, it's selling for $8. You're like, wow. You know, so people are reacting like, man, they're crazy. They're out of their mind. Right. The price so high. So, and that, like I said, I like to also show when I do find deals, I'll like to show as well. Yeah. I like to pretty much, it's like how somebody said, you know, when you post your, your, your stuff on TikTok, it feels like we're there with you because we feel like we're walking next to you. Right. And we're looking at the same thing you're looking at. So. Yeah. Do you do that essentially live on TikTok? No, I haven't went live on TikTok doing that yet. But I, I know someone, uh, a couple of people did ask me if uh, I'm willing to do a live walkthrough on my TikTok. So that's something what yeah. I'm actually considering doing. So that is something that you could do. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, could you do that on YouTube? For, yeah, you stream yard with I, your I, phone I could, or whatever? I could, go, I could go live on YouTube for my phone because I'm over a thousand subscribers. So um, I definitely could do that, uh, go live from my phone so but uh some of the goodwill stores out in my area are starting to crack down on us filming in there right because they they know that a lot of a lot of people are starting to bash their prices yes and all that so now a lot of them are starting to like hey you can't record in here if not we're gonna have to ask you to leave you yeah know? well and i've run into the same thing here even at some estate sales where the yeah. estate sellers have got a sign right at the door no filming or recording of any kind yep. so i Whatever I get it from from Goodwill because yeah. they're really they're taking some heat, but at the same time, they're seeing where the market is going. I, yeah. I, it's hard to begrudge them trying to make a buck as well. There's a question in the chat here from yeah. Sissy. Uh, how would you find live auctions if you do not know who is doing it? Uh, if you want to uh, find live auctions on YouTube uh, on your search bar, just type in live auctions and it'll it should pop up different people that are going to have that are actually live at that moment or any upcoming live auctions uh it'll it'll show you the different people 
there's a lot of resellers that do live auctions, so I'm sure you'll get a, a nice list of people that will pop up when you do the auctions. Right. That was my next question. How many people do you think are doing it at just ballpark? Well, from when the pandemic hit, there was only a handful of us that were really doing them. And now, moving to now, I feel like it's grown massively where there's a lot of people. A lot of the sellers that were buyers are now actually selling on, on you know, doing their own auctions on YouTube, too. Gotcha. Now, do you do Whatnot or any of the other kind of auction sites? Yeah, I, I did Whatnot uh, when I got approved. I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, auctions on Whatnot. They were quick. And yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, platform to sell stuff really quick that you just want to push out. And if you have a lot of quality of it, it's it's a good uh, platform just to get in there and just kind of start selling stuff. But the only difference with that is that there's some sellers that do sell start stuff at a dollar, so a lot of the buyers want don't want to bid on stuff unless it's a dollar, you know. So gotcha. That's one issue that I I started seeing a lot on the last uh, couple of whatnot auctions I did. Are you still doing them, or are you kind of no, backed off of that? Them, I haven't done them in a in a few in a few weeks. I guess you could say a few months. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna definitely jump back on again and uh, try to get some more lots out there and you know test waters one more time because I know uh, when I just got flooded with a lot of new sellers too. So right. So for people who aren't familiar with whatnot and what that process looks like, kind of walk us through how you would set up and run an auction there. Yeah, and whatnot. It's of course it's live, just like here on YouTube. Uh, the difference with whatnot, you don't, if uh, you don't want to show yourself or show your face, you don't have to. You can just point the camera to where you're going to show the product, and you'll be good to go. And uh, you could, uh, on whatnot, you're allowed to play music in the background. So if you want to you know, play some classic rock while you're auctioning off stuff, you can do so. I wonder how they get away with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what I say. I think once the you know, record companies start finding out about it, they'll probably start taking action about that because of course they're going to want the royalties for their music being played. Right. So, but for now they're still doing it. And uh, like I said, it's just, you know, you run the auction, you, there you have uh, the, the option to do a minute auction, 30, uh, 30 second auction, or they have this, uh, what they call sudden death. So sudden death, uh, you can start either at a minute or 30 seconds. So pretty much uh, whoever's bidding and whoever gets the last bid in, pretty much takes it because on the other way you do it say there's uh nine seconds left and i bid okay the clock goes back up again sure. to like 15 seconds and then it goes on drops down again and say at two seconds someone else puts a bid so it goes back up to 10 seconds towards a sudden death it doesn't let you do that it's like whoever throws in the last bid it's is the one that gets the, the it's, item. it's like authorized bid sniping <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> uh so did you find when you were there that different things did well on whatnot versus what you did on your YouTube auctions, or is it kind of the same stuff selling everywhere? No, I mean, I, I, I've done uh, DVDs. I did VHS. I sold a lot of VHS cassettes. I know a lot of people think like, wow, a lot of VHS? I'm like, yeah, VH, VHS tapes uh, do sell well, especially uh, when they're sealed. Right, or right. Or if you have horror movies, the horror ones are very high demand right now. Yep. So. I wonder why that is, because that's been that way for a while. Old horror movies on VHS. Well, I wonder what the what particular I've, what nostalgia. I've learned from a couple of collectors and other people that I that I know, they say that a lot of the horror movies are being collected because most of those horror movies were never made into DVDs. Really? Yeah, and I, I was not aware of that. But he says mostly the the mainstream movies are the ones that did get made in DVDs. 
but some of the other lower budget ones that were still good were never made into DVDs. So now the collectors are starting to collect the VHS. Gotcha. So like the the B horror movies and that that yeah. sort of stuff. Yep. Interesting. I always wondered what what the fascination was. I mean, obviously, B horror movies have had cult, kind of a cult following forever, but it was so weird to see that like VHS was particularly strong in that at, yeah. that area. Are there other VHSs that you do well with? Yeah, uh, sealed ones are always uh, good sellers. People are always looking for the sealed ones, and people are willing to pay more money for them, depending on which ones. I mean, if you're getting like a Batman sealed one, you can make some good money. Or the mask with Jim Carrey, I know uh, that one sold for about forty five, fifty dollars. Yeah, you know, and yeah, they they do sell. It's amazing how much old stuff like that you can find that yep. people never opened. I mean, I've bought entire collections of stuff yeah. that a third or a quarter of it was never yeah. never taken out of the wrap. People just bought the stuff and I guess collected it, it yeah. hence the collectability. But I never watched it or played it or you know you see yeah. it with games and movies and. It's yep. it's crazy to me. I, I would never spend the money and not use the thing, which is why I don't have any of my vintage Star Wars toys from when I was a kid that <laughs> 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 I wish I had because that would have been a yep. gold mine. <laughs> no, nah, they would. Right. Uh, again, anybody that's in the chat, if you have questions, please feel free to uh, throw them out there for either Luis or myself. Yeah, guys. You guys want to know anything about the live auctions? You know, it's something you're just curious about. Let me know. So, how how has your you uh, your eBay business been? Because I see a lot of people talking about eBay not being really great right now. Yeah, but I mean, in my opinion, eBay we go through this every year during the summertime. Right, it does happen where you know you get that that eBay summer wave, like they say. Yeah, sales might dip down a little bit, but it's like okay, you just gotta keep posting, and if you wanna you know, put some stuff on sale on there, you know, maybe do that. Or, you know, just keep listing. Uh, like I said, I try not to put all my eggs into one basket. So, right. you know, eBay and Macari and OfferUp. I do a lot of my bulkier stuff through OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace is another place too where you could unload some stuff. And uh, you just got to keep finding different ways to, you know, make some sales and just push some inventory out. Right. How Obviously, we're all kind of in the same boat trying not to have all yeah. our eggs in one basket. But every month at the end of the month, I look at mine and yeah. 75% of my revenue is yeah. eBay. And then I've got Etsy has been doing fairly well. Mercari for me, I've got almost 7,000 listings on Mercari and nice. I get a couple of orders a week. It's just not, I'm not getting the traction there. What do you find that does well on Mercari? Well, for me, uh, when I joined Mercari, I was pretty much one of the first ones that joined Macari when it did come out. So I kind of seen the the whole platform evolve to what it is now. So definitely uh, for me, uh, at the time when I, I joined Macari, I was having some issues on eBay with scammers buying new product and then saying it's not new, you know, it doesn't work and it's brand new sealed. And they returned back with a broken one. Right. Right. EBay set, you know, goes with the buyer and then you're out of the product and the money. So I said, okay, I'm going to get off of eBay for a while and I'm just going to concentrate on Macari. So when Macari came along, I just put all my focus into Macari and just started listing. And then, yeah, just, I was doing a lot of, a lot of good sales on Macari at that time. So, yeah. Is it still doing well? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's some weeks where, yeah, the sales might drop a little bit, 
but it, it's it's it stays consistent for me where it kind of goes up and down. But you know, you just gotta. I just keep listing, and uh, it's funny because sometimes things that you think are not going to sell are the ones that sell first. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No, I have that all the time. I'll throw something up there. I'm like, I'm going to have this next year. And two days later, somebody's already bought it. it. And the thing I think is super hot doesn't go anywhere. Uh, Flipping sports guy says it may slow a little, but it's not the end of the world. Slowdowns like so many make it out to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I see a a lot of people talking about, you know, I'm just going to leave eBay altogether. And Mm -hmm. I just, when I look at my business, I can't, I mean, if I lost eBay, I'd, I'd be in a world of hurt because it's such a significant piece of my business despite my best efforts yeah. to diversify. So are there, uh, I, I know you mentioned you like the old vintage concert shirts and whatnot, but is there a particular mm-hmm. category that you really enjoy personally? Not so much because you find it profitable or good mm-hmm. sellers, but just something that you really like dealing with. One of my things that I like to find a lot of are the vintage toys, especially those ones that you're not really le- looking for at that moment, but you come across them and you're like, holy, you know, like, is this, you know, and then you start looking at it and you're like, man, you know, it's a good, it's a great find, but, you know, it's always, it's always a fun and a nice thrill to always go out there because you never know what you're going to find. Right. So that's always been my thing. Uh, but with toys, I, that's always been my like favorite niche to always find toys and all that good stuff. So, do you collect yourself? Oh yeah, I have a, a couple of collection of uh, old toys and stuff. And uh, so, when you go out and you you find something that you've not seen before that is fairly valuable but really cool to have, mm-hmm. how do you decide I'm going to keep this or I'm going to sell this? Well, when that's that's one thing that's hard for us as resellers because sometimes we find stuff that we like, and you know, of course, we can't keep everything we find. So, but sometimes when you find something and you're like, "Man, I don't have this," but you know, and I'm only paying a dollar ninety nine for it, you know, and then you go home and you comp it, and you're like, "Oh man, you know, if I, do I keep right. it or do I list it and try to make this one hundred twenty five dollar profit on it?" You know? Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's take a picture of it. Let's list it. Let's put it up, and we'll see what happens. Maybe yeah. it doesn't sell within a month, and maybe I'll pull it down and I'll keep it. Right, right. And two days later, you hear the cha-ching, and you already know. What <laughs> uh, I've had that where I've I've been out sourcing, and I'll find something that I don't really think about. Yeah, sourcing as something to sell. That I just oh, that's a cool coffee mug. I'm gonna I'm just gonna buy it for myself, and then I make the mistake of looking it up. When I get home, and I'm like, holy crap, I paid 25 cents for that, and it's worth $25. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have exactly. to try to sell it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Regina says people complain about the sl- summer slowdown every oh, year because yeah. uh, it gets extra YouTube views, right? Uh, yeah. Negativity does seem to sell on, on YouTube. Yeah, it's a lot of clickbait. Yeah, list it high and then don't feel too bad when it sells. That is the key. If you can make enough money on it, you, yep. Maybe you'll find another one. The search can continue. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So are there particular YouTube channels that you like to watch, whether it be for auctions or just reselling in general? Do you have kind of a go-to where you like to go and watch their content? Yeah, there's a lot of channels that I watch, and uh, there's actually a lot of channels that I watch that have nothing to do with reselling, you know, right. just uh, different uh different ni- not niches and stuff that they have uh there's uh, like i said uh besides the reselling i also have a, a gumball vending machine business 
that I actually started for my kids. Right. To show them, you know, how, you know, if you work hard at doing something and you'll get the rewards for, you know, for putting in your work. So I do watch a lot of those videos with other people because we have a separate channel when we document all that stuff besides my reselling channel. So that's one of the other videos that I watch. And then I, I like to, you know, sometimes just go watch and like, you know, lives like uh, Regina, she does a live uh, with uh, Derek with fundamentals right. every Wednesday. Yep. They bring in different guests all the time and it's not necessarily like reseller talk. Right. They pretty much talk about everything. And it's like an open panel where they're discussing different topics and uh, the chat gets involved. So yeah, I like that kind of interaction where sometimes hasn't does uh, has nothing to do with reselling because you kind of take a break from the reselling. Right. So yeah, channels like that. I love to watch. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a YouTube junkie. I just, I, <laughs> I sit down, you know, to eat lunch or whatever. And I turn YouTube on and I'm watching, you know, the Pat McAfee show or Rich Eisen or something about F1. I'm just, some people watch Netflix all day. Mm -hmm. I'm on YouTube all day. I finally sprung for YouTube premium so I could get rid of the ads. It's the yeah. best $12 I spend every month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I don't, I don't think I could ever go back. So, <laughs> uh, what kind of videos do you like to make? So you do the live auctions. Do you have other content on your reselling channel or is it just strictly for that? Oh, no, no. I do a variety of content on my channel. I do, of course, the live auctions. I'll do uh, my flea market videos. Uh, yard sale videos, uh, what sold videos. Uh, I also do how-to videos or, or uh, how-not-to videos. I mean, I just did a video a couple weeks ago. Uh, I actually bought a figure. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite, the character Pedro, because okay. uh, I had the Napoleon Dynamite figure that I got. So I wanted to get him to kind of, you know, pair him up. So I bought it off of somebody on, on Macari, and they shipped it to me in a shoebox. It was a shoebox, just taped, and they just taped the label on top of the shoebox. And then uh, when I received the box, the mailman knocked on my door. Yeah. And, and I opened the door. He said, hey, Luis, how you doing? He goes, here's your package. He had the biggest smile on his face. And I'm wondering, why is he smiling? So when he handed me the box and I looked at it, I was like, what is this? I thought he was giving me shoes. He goes, no, this is your package. I was like, oh, man. And I looked at it. It was all beat up. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to put this down. Let me go grab my camera. Right, I'm right. Gonna record this. Because when I shook it, you could tell they didn't use no padding or any shipping paper or anything at all. So I pulled out my camera. I recorded it. And when I opened it, and as everyone was watching the video, I was watching with them. Pretty much, uh, they just threw the figure in there. They didn't put no bubble wrap, no right. nothing in there. I thought it was like, wow. Was it destroyed? It got scratched on the top of the yeah. head a little bit. It was luckily, for whatever reason, did not break. Yeah. But yeah, I did. Uh, re when I left the the you know the feedback on him, I told him, "Hey, man, you need to do a better job at packing this stuff." And right. And I told him, "If you don't have a box, go to the post office. There's free boxes at the post office." You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe a little easier to understand even on Mercari maybe than eBay, yeah. because I think you get their whole focus was to get Joe blow at home who had a garage sale and had some stuff left over that he wanted to get rid of. Yeah. They were really, they were actually not that keen on having resellers on there at all, professional yeah. resellers. So those people, you can almost excuse, I guess that they don't know. You would think it'd be common sense, but I long ago gave up on yeah. <laughs> anybody actually having oh, that. Yeah. But the, the baffling thing is 
when you get something from someone you know is a reseller. Like last week, I was talking with uh, Brandon, the media picker, and he was talking about yeah. a CD that he got from an eBay store that has 20,000 plus listings and it was in a flimsy, you know, thin bubble mailer with no extra protection. And of course it was destroyed. So it's, it's hard to figure as flipping sports guy says, that's crazy that people still ship stuff like that. Cause you know, if you were a, just a regular consumer and you got something like that, Mm. you'd be ticked. Why would you ship something like that? I just, it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it blows your mind sometimes. I, that's why I always tell people, I like to ship stuff the way I like to receive them. Right. That's always been my motto. And uh, it's funny because a lot of people always say I'm the bubble wrap king because I use so much bubble wrap. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've gotten messages from other people like, you're dumb, you're wasting money, you're just getting into your profit margin, why you put so much bubble wrap? But you know what? Everyone packs differently. You know, yeah. everyone likes to do their packing however they do it. If I know I'm gonna use that amount of bubble wrap, you know, to secure this item and make sure it's gonna get safe, uh, safely delivered from point A to point B, then so be it. You know, right. that's the least of my worries. That's why I have so much bubble wrap. I get bubble wrap delivery every week to my house. Yeah. Well, especially knowing how the United States Postal Service, God love them. Yeah. I think they provide great service at a really economical price, but they're not always the most careful <laughs> with oh, our no. packages. My guy, he takes my Ikea bag and he just dumps it into a tub. So, I mean, yeah. you really have to bear that in mind when you're when you're packing stuff to ship it. Flipping Sports Guy says, isn't that how half of Amazon packages come? Big 10X, too big with one air bubble in it. And I, yeah, I've gotten I stuff like that. You'll you'll get a little little box and they'll put it in one that's ten or fifteen times the size and you, it's just banging around in there. Yeah. But crazy. Exactly. So we're coming up on about forty five minutes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with people who might be watching or listening for reselling in general or auctions? Any encouragement that you could give people? Yeah, I mean, definitely. If you if you're planning on getting into the whole uh, live auctions and getting started on live auctions, make sure you don't get into it with the very high expectation. Because I've seen a lot of people come in with the high expectations when they start the auctions. They only get ten people, and then they wonder why. It's it takes work. It's 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 not like I said. I didn't get all of my supporters and everyone that comes into my auctions just overnight. I've been doing this for three years. So I've been putting in the footwork. I've had different guests come in and I've been building. It's just like any business. You got to just put in the work and you need to build your business up. You need to build up your brand. Treat it like a business. Don't treat it as, ah, it's just a, just an auction. No, because if that's the way, that's the mentality you have getting into something, then that's the outcome you're going to get. Right. So when don't you get discouraged guys, when you do an auction at on average, if you've got yeah. 20 lots, how many yeah. of them actually sell? There's nights where I'll sell everything for the night, and sometimes I'll actually pull out more stuff. If there's more people that still want to keep, you know, seeing what else I have, there'll be some nights where I'll sell only 10 lots. It's yeah. just, it, it varies every week. Sometimes, you know, people are into what you have, and sometimes they're not, or maybe they're just coming in tonight, but they're not really planning on spending tonight. So, like right. I said, I, I don't encourage you know, people to buy, buy, buy. No, you come into my auction, have a good time and let's, let's have a, you know, have a great time and laugh and 
joke around and just, you know, conversate with everyone. So Right. So the items that don't sell, do you recycle those for a later auction or do you just... No, I, I try not to recycle um, stuff for another auction. If I have multiples of an item, then yeah, I'll bring them up again. But I, I don't try to reshow stuff over and over again. Because like I said, everything that come that I, I bring to auction, it's stuff that I have not listed yet. This is stuff that right. hasn't been comped or hasn't been listed. It just comes straight to the auction. So I always tell people in my auction, you guys are getting first dibs of what I got before I actually list it on eBay and Macari. So, and whatever doesn't sell or gets passed on, then I'll go ahead and just list it on Macari and on or on eBay, whichever, right. and uh, get it out that way. Do you list everything on both, or do you pick and choose uh, these type of things? I list only on Mercari, and this type of stuff I only want to put on eBay. Yeah, like uh, like video games sell more uh, faster for me on Mercari than eBay for some reason. So I try to post more video games and stuff like that on on Mercari. As in baseball hats, it's kind of fifty fifty. Where sometimes they sell faster on eBay, and sometimes they sell faster on Mercari. So yeah, I'll, I'll depending on how many hats I have, I'll say okay, I'll cross list them. I'll do them on eBay and Macari and whichever one sells first on one platform, I just got to make sure I remove it from the other one. Right. So. Yeah. That gets to be almost a full-time oh, yeah. job by itself. <laughs> it does. Uh, are there, have you ever had, like, do you have a time limit on how long you'll leave something in your eBay store? So uh, something. Well, uh, anything that I list that's been sitting for a while, if I see that there's not really no, no traffic coming to it, then I'll probably uh, relist it or I'll try to change it up or run a sale to yeah. see if that helps. Sometimes doing the, you know, the sales helps, you know, get you know, some of your stuff sold. So if, if not, then I'll, I'll, you know, reevaluate the item. Maybe the price went down more because it does happen sometimes when you list something and it's say it's comping around 20, 25 bucks and you say, okay, I'll, I'll do 23 bucks and you go back and now it's selling for $18. You're like, okay, you right. gotta readjust that price. Yeah. So you could, you know, try to get it out. And uh, that's one thing that I always tell people, make sure you keep checking on, on your listed items because prices do change sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's like you said a couple of times, you've got to treat it like a business. You've got to constantly be evaluating not only what you're doing, but your pricing yeah. and like with the packing and the shipping, uh, yeah. like my reseller treasure says top comment I get in feedback is packaged very well. If I can't toss it, kick it or drop it, then it's not ready for shipping. So, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. kind of stuff matters. My feedback is kind of the same way, you know, that I yeah. go the extra step, even just when shipping a book, I don't just throw it in a padded mailer. I take some time yeah. and I wrap it in something. If it's a paperback, it gets a cardboard stiffener so that if the post office tries to bend it or fold it, it won't. And, you know, those kind of little things that, I think a lot of people don't take that extra time to do nope, they don't. make a difference. And I see popping up not only in my feedback, but in now where eBay shows you, you've got repeat buyers. I have got a ton of repeat buyers yeah. and that's how you kind of get that process going is by taking really good care. Oh yeah. I agree with you. I always, I always have that, that saying a happy customer is a returning customer. That's right. always, that's the way you got to see it. That's why I always, uh, always ship well. And like I said, I, I try not to ship, on poly mailers, the least possible. Always, everything pretty much goes out in boxes. I do. I'll occasionally will will send uh, one shirt in a in a you know bubble wrap poly mailer, and uh, but other than that, when it's a like, big quantity of shirts, and I mean I've received shirts where sometimes they don't use nothing, where they just throw the shirt in there by themselves and then just ship it out. You right. Know? It's like come on, take the extra effort. I shrink wrap my shirts, 
and then I pack them and I, I ship them out. Yeah. And that, like you say, that level of professionalism sets you apart. And I think a lot of people, when they shop on eBay, they're almost surprised when they yeah. get that kind of package because they are used to not getting that level of service on eBay, yep. which is kind of one of the knocks and why a lot of people are hesitant to shop there because it's got a reputation of being a little hit or miss on what the quality yeah. might be. Yeah, for sure. So do you have anything else that you would like to uh, share with the folks before we call it a day here? Yeah. Like I said, uh, if you guys are interested to check out my auctions, I have them every Tuesday night on my channel. Gallery seller Luis, just like my name here on the screen. Um, every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I do uh, a reseller podcast as well on Spotify. So if uh, you guys ever want to, you know, learn a thing or two, you know, the same name, Calorie Reseller Luis. And uh, I just share different tips about reselling or reselling related items or just anything that has to do. Because I do get a lot of questions on my Instagram about reselling. So it was getting to the point where it was getting a little bit overwhelming for me because it was sometimes it was the same question being asked, right. you know, 10 or 12 times. And uh, reseller uh, Mitch, uh, Mo actually told me, hey, why don't you start doing a podcast and you can answer those questions on there. So people, we could just tell people, oh, check out my, you know, my podcast. I have all the answers that you're, you know, for the questions you're asking. How long have and you been doing that? I, I haven't been doing it that long. I started barely this year. So yeah. a couple months in and uh, yeah, it's been great. And it's, it's uh, like I said, I get a lot of feedback uh, from it. And uh, I think a lot of the subscribers that I'm getting are, are coming from the podcast as well. So nice, nice. It's good to cross pollinate between the, all the different yeah. platforms and stuff. So, yeah. well, I really appreciate you taking time out. Uh, like I said, at the beginning, I know it's really, really busy for all of us. Uh, Oh, yeah, despite sure. the summer slowdown and you're trying to juggle Instagram, TikTok, YouTube auctions, reselling kids and life and the whole nine yards. So yeah. uh, thank you for taking some time out and thank you to everyone who joined us in the chat today. And of course, everyone who watches or listens later. If you found this show interesting, fascinating, thrilling, uh, please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. If you're not a subscriber yet or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that as well. Thank you again, and uh, we will catch you all next time. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.